Hi guys, it's Wednesday. Welcome back Wednesday. I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to AG University, a school from the cosmos. It is I, your professor, <laughs> Professor AG. We're about to spit some facts, some wisdom, some truth today. I have a dear friend coming on the podcast, Michaela, and she is someone that I just discovered on TikTok and she became one of my favorite people to follow on TikTok. Every single video that came up, I was like, who is this girl? I need to know her. She is so wise, so lovely and eloquently spoken about just everything that she talks about, everything we talk about today, all about how to manifest your dream body and how to change your body from a place of love and what that looks like. She is a hypnotherapist, so she does a lot of hypnotherapy content, but most importantly, she's just a very, very, just a beautiful speaker. Just being in her presence, I really learned so much, and I knew if she was someone that I enjoyed following on social media, because you guys know I'm picky, <laughs> I'm very protective of whose content I consume, and she quickly became someone that, you know, the universe, the algorithm brought us together for a reason, and... I'm just super grateful that she got to come on the show today. She's amazing. So, Michaela Mariner, I'm going to link all of her information in the show notes, but today we're going to be talking all things body image, self-love, how to bless the body, how to approach the body, weight loss, our dream body, all of these things from a place of love and really holding a vision for manifesting the healthiest, happiest version of ourself. And she is here to show us that there is a path to freedom and food freedom and loving ourselves and accepting ourselves at every phase of our life. And I'm just freaking jazzed for this conversation. You guys need to know her. You need to hear her. Take notes. Send this to a friend who may be struggling because it is powerful, powerful stuff. So without further ado, on behalf of AG University, I welcome Michaela Mariner to the show. Oh my gosh, you guys, AG University, y'all are in for a treat. My, well, Michaela is my TikTok friend, which we're now IRL friends, well, virtually, she is a hypnotherapist, and most importantly, every single word she posts on TikTok, I'm like, is this girl inside my brain? <laughs> Are we long lost, like, soul sisters? I just, I feel like we're on the same wave. So I had to bring you on the show. Michaela, tell us everything about you. Introduce yourself. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I mean, what you just said was, again, like, straight out of my brain. I think the way that we connected was I saw a video of you, and I'm like, I literally just had this thought. So I think we're definitely connected at a soul level and especially around everything to do with body manifestation. I'm so excited to dive into that today. But yeah, I'm a hypnotherapist. I have many different titles, but that's really what I'm passionate about right now because I've really discovered that tapping into our power to speak to the subconscious mind for me was one of the ways that I received the deepest level of healing and I am so passionate about teaching that because I really struggled with my core beliefs my whole life, especially around my body. That was the biggest thing for me growing up that just overwhelmed me constantly. Every single day I would wake up thinking about my body, thinking about how I could get it to change and just feeling so frustrated and so out of touch with my own body and what I actually was needing. And so every single day, I just lived my life trying to change myself, trying to follow the next diet, the next fitness fad. And the whole time, I believed there could be a better way. But it took me about 15 years of struggling with that to really get there. And today, I feel so incredibly at home in my body. And I'm mm. so passionate about teaching that. 
beautiful. I mean, <laughs> same. When you said 15 years, same. We yeah. are living like a similar timeline because I struggled. And I, I don't even, to me, it's crazy how much I, I remember. I would wake up in the morning and the first thought that I would have was, what did I eat last night? Was I, did I eat the right thing? Like, was I good? Did I overeat? Like, you know, I'd always have these, like, it was crazy. It was just mm -hmm. constantly running this body narrative. Like the first thing that I thought was about like, oh my gosh, did I overeat yesterday? Did I go over my calories? Like, yeah. so when I saw your transformation video, I was like, we have gone the same path. And in the, I, the thing that I'm kicking myself is that it took me so long to come to where I am now. And if I could just help one person, just skip a little bit of that pain <laughs> and suffering, then we've done a good job. <laughs> so. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so on the same page. I mean, if I look back on my life at all of the beautiful moments that I could have had, if I wasn't just obsessing about wanting to be smaller and worrying about the next meal that I was going to have and how I could restrict myself, like... I I feel like it just clouded so many moments of my life and I'm the, not the type of person that regrets anything. Right now I can really see that part of my soul journey was to go through numerous types of eating disorders and fitness obsessions and all of those things. Like I know that I went through that because I was meant to see how good it could feel to be free from that and how we don't have to let go of our vision for the body that we want. I think that's the most important thing that I realized is that sometimes when you're healing from eating disorders, people will tell you, well, you just kind of have to let, let that go. And I think that there's a huge difference between needing yourself to look a certain way in order to receive validation, in order to feel worthy, in order to feel lovable, and having a vision of what your healthiest, freest body would look like and letting that vision be fun. And so I never let that go. And because of that, I really feel like once I healed my relationship with my body, I saw the physical manifestations start to take place. And that was one of the most exciting parts. I agree because there was always a fear for me of, oh, if I'm not obsessing, oh, if I let go a little, will I just, what will happen to me? Will I just, yeah. you know, gain all this weight and be this person. And that never once ever happened in my evolution <laughs> of struggling with, it was just like how I got myself to being so miserable. And then it really got to a point where I really wasn't even seeing results. I actually was, was starting to look worse yeah. than points where I have been not even worried about food at all. So it is very interesting. And I always, to me, I really see the energetics of it so much that I don't even see the calories or the other things that are happening there. But I know for the sake of the conversation, I do want to touch on maybe if you want to just take us through your story and, and also that part about what we're talking about, that binge eating or just overeating, yes. if it's not binge eating um, and what that's connected to on like a spiritual energetic level. Yeah, totally. So when I say I've gone through like multiple phases of having an eating disorder, when I was about 10 or 11 years old, I developed a really severe binge eating disorder. And like every single day, the only thing I looked forward to was getting home and eating as much as I possibly could. And then that was immediately filled with regret because we're all told that you're most valuable when you're small and skinny and that's what's considered beautiful in our society so it's like the one thing that i looked forward to also was the main source of my pain growing up mm. and there was so much shame associated with that pleasure but there was this rebellious part of me that just day after day was like no i want pleasure and this is the only way that i know how to find it so i'm going to indulge and then deal with those repercussions 
And looking back on that now, I realized that, you know, at 10 years old, I was dealing with so much that I didn't even realize I was dealing with. I was processing trauma, processing just like coming into a world that doesn't value finding your joy and finding your pleasure on a daily basis. I mean, we're put into these systems that just suck all the life out of us. And we're on these regimented schedules that just don't feel right at a soul level. So it's natural to want to seek pleasure and something else. And for me, food was my thing. And, you know, on top of that, we talked about briefly at that age, when you're going through puberty, there's so much shame around your sexuality around this desire to experience pleasure there no one's talking about that in a way that makes you feel expansive and connected to yourself you're just more and more disconnected from that part of you day after day and trying to figure it out on your own and dealing with so many adults who have so much wounding in that area and so i think the combination of being cut off from your purpose in life, which is just to be free and find your joy. You're cut off from that. And then you're also cut off from this innate pleasure in your body that leads you to seek it in other ways. And so for me, I realized that was the main root cause of binge eating. Yes. And your video, you summed it up so perfectly as to we are pleasure seeking creatures. Like we Mm -hmm. are seeking pleasure and food and sex really go kind of in tandem together in my brain in the sense of like we're seeking an experience or this pleasure or these feelings and it's beautiful and amazing when it's in balance but when it's out of balance and we have nothing in our life that's bringing us joy or pleasure or anything in that category that's when we start to overdo it in those areas because like you said we're here to experience pleasure it's it's like 100% of all the readings that I do for people on the Akashic Records. They're so like, y'all are too serious. You're here to have Mm -hmm. fun. It's like, this is meant to be a joyful experience. And you guys have somehow mentally entrapped yourself into these like false narratives in your head. And we, we put ourselves in this, this prison of, you know, we have to restrict and all these things that must look this certain way when really we are here to experience pleasure. But I just never heard someone so eloquently tie it into binge eating because I always heard, you know, if you're binge eating, you're just not allowing your body enough, you know, food or nutrients or whatever. So then you're in this kind of extreme, like frenzy, but then, but then it's like, once you get past that and you allow your body and you still find yourself binging for me, it was like, I was seeking something else outside Mm -hmm. of me. But I couldn't, you know, figure out what it was. And yeah, so anyways, I love how you have been such a resource. You just come across my TikTok and I'm like, yes, that's it. We are here to experience pleasure and food sometimes can become our only source of pleasure if we're working a job that we don't like or doing things day after day, living out of alignment. Food becomes an outlet for us to have a little like bit of joy in our day. Absolutely. So for someone that's listening, that's feeling like, okay, maybe I am turning to food for joy or pleasure versus just fuel or other things. What is the first thing that you would tell them to do? Forgive yourself because it's just, there's no reason to blame yourself for that. It's not a lack of discipline. It's not a lack of motivation. You are living in a world that does not guide you 
to be able to access that pleasure within you. And I would be willing to bet that you've had experiences where you were doing something that you really, really loved and you were really passionate about. And in that time, you forgot to eat because you're so fueled by what you're doing. And if you can recall an instance like that, maybe you were painting or for me, sometimes even when I'm creating on TikTok or Instagram, I get kind of lost in what I'm doing. If you can recall a moment like that, you know that that is your answer. That is the fuel that you're searching for, the nourishment that you're searching for. And so forgive yourself for the food and take the focus off of the food. The food is not the problem. You don't need to count your calories. You don't need to restrict yourself more. You don't need to starve yourself until 2 p.m. and then eat for the rest of the day. Like all of those different food rules, they're not going to help you because that's not the root cause. The root cause is that you need to find something that really fuels you. And sometimes that can take a little bit of soul searching because so many of us are cut off from that knowing. So cut off. It's crazy how much we don't realize that it's, it's really just this external, all these things outside of us that we're reaching for. It could be, you could fill in the blank. Maybe someone listening has never struggled with a food relationship or binge eating. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's drugs, maybe it's sex, maybe it's numbing. All of these things are a fill in the blank for whatever it is for you searching for something outside of you because you don't know what it is that you need. And we're not checking in with ourselves to say, Hey, what do I actually need? What is this? But instead, we all get kind of caught in this rat race, like you said, of, okay, I'll just count my calories. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'll just manipulate the thing outside of me without actually looking at what's going on inside of me. And I, that's where I get so frustrated with diet culture, because I think, sure, there's some good information that we can know about having nutrient-dense foods or things that are good for us, things that make us feel good. But we have just really gotten all upside down <laughs> as a totally. society. We've gotten real confused. We're like, the problem is the food. Let's manipulate it. There's no introspection. And so I always want this podcast to be a place of introspection because I think there is such an energetic piece that's missing. So would you tell us how that's come through with hypnotherapy and communicating to the subconscious and how that was integral in your healing process? Yes, absolutely. I mean, first of all, what I want to share, and I think you absolutely do this on the podcast, but even my goal when you come across a piece of my content is to make you feel expansive and understanding that there can be a different way. There can be an easier way to approach this. And for me, when I started to listen to follow, when I started to follow the things that made me feel expansive in terms of diet and fitness and just moving my body the way it wants to move and eating, yes, intuitively, but not having any rules come from outside of me, just really listening to myself and following that, that's when everything changed for me. So in my process with hypnotherapy, what I did was I really asked myself, what does the version of me who already has my dream body, who is already living in alignment with my intuition, who is just completely free from all of these rules, yet still has that body that, you know, that I have a vision for. What is she doing? How does she feel about herself? You know, how is she moving every day? What is, like, what is she eating every day? And I really got very clear on that vision. And the process of hypnotherapy is essentially 
calming down the conscious mind to be able to speak directly to the subconscious. And the subconscious mind actually controls 95% of the way that we think, feel, and act on a daily basis. So if we're not speaking to the subconscious mind, really we're just like fighting against 95% of ourselves trying to control things consciously. And so in the process of hypnotherapy, when you're in that calm and relaxed space, your conscious mind kind of wanders off and we can get to the root cause of the beliefs that are controlling you day after day. And so I did this on myself and when I got clear on that vision, I wrote down affirmations and really detailed descriptions of what that would feel like. And I made myself a recording to help myself get into that relaxed state. And I just listened to it and I allowed myself to enter into that reality day after day. And the most important thing was that I chose to believe that that was possible for me. I chose every single day to no longer go back to the actions that felt so limiting and restricting for me and just kind of trust this process of, you know, believing that I could live my life freely and still have what I want. And it took time. That's like the number one thing that I say to all of my clients is that if you're going into this process, just wanting really, really quick results, it's going to feel frustrating because often we're working with wounding that and core beliefs that stem from so much fear and our need to survive. And so healing that and transforming your beliefs into something that feels really expansive sometimes can take time of creating safety within you to be able to believe those things. Right. You can't, even when we have this urgency of, because I was there, I've been (laughs) in the process of creating a, I don't use, I've been trying to get away from just the words intuitive eating because I've been doing, um, more of like more of focusing on the word intuition, right. Versus the eating. So it's a soul nourishment course, but I was that person that would hear people talk about intuitive eating. And I'd be like, Okay. Yes. Michaela. I love that. How do I do it? How do do you start? It's like, it's like you're over here and you want to be over there, but you're like, I just needed someone to kind of baby step me. And so that was the process for this course that I've been creating is like, okay, when I was over here, I needed to know how to get over here because it is frustrating at, at first, because of course I was the same way. I've always been a very results driven human. I'm I mean, I think at some level we're all goal oriented and none of us want to just give up everything and throw in the towel and say, whatever, I'm just going to let my body, you know, whatever our fear is, let it go. What was Mm -hmm. my fear? That never happened for everyone listening. Like you can loosen the grip a little bit and here's the thing, your body is pretty resilient. Okay. It's not going to just fall apart on you. So I started kind of um, doing the same thing as you, like really focusing more on the energetic piece of like, okay, what would happen if we just like relaxed a little, like, what do I actually really want right now? If I were to loosen the grip and not restrict every single thing, then from there, like how, how can we recreate this life where we're just living so freely? And now I'm in a place where I don't have to count restrict anything. I probably eat more than ever. And I am smaller than I was before, but I think it goes back to, like you said, you believed it was possible. And I believed it was possible. It's like, Mm -hmm. we've all grew up growing up, had a friend that could eat whatever she wanted and like never gained anything. I'm like, what if that was just, she had that belief system that I can eat whatever I want, you know, on some level, I know there's metabolism and genetics and all the things, but I think there's a bigger belief system concept at play. Do you think so? Do you agree or am I just Oh crazy? yeah. No, 100%. <laughs> I mean, it's 
of like where does where does it start right and it it all does start with belief and right. yes some beliefs are harder to work with because they have been so ingrained in us so for instance in my family growing up i was taught we all had slow metabolisms we all naturally struggled with our weight so that is that was my experience growing up but what you have to understand is that you are not those beliefs you are the consciousness observing them so when you can observe that belief and say do, does that serve me right now? Does it serve me to believe that my metabolism is naturally slow? Or is there another option that I could go with? Could I start to practice the belief that I naturally have a fast metabolism, that I'm, you know, that it's easy for me to have the body that I want? And over time, my cells are actually listening to that. My cells are listening to the words that I'm saying and taking that in as the truth. And I know it can feel like this far-fetched concept when you've been living in this world of, well, these are my genetics, this is how it is, this is how my body works. But if you want to have miraculous results, you have to start thinking bigger than that. You have to start imagining a future for yourself that isn't confined by your family genetics or what you've always been living. I've always... I don't know. I, I heard it somewhere. I went down a serious self-help rabbit hole at some point and consumed a lot of content about how genetics on some level is bullshit. Yes, there are things, but some of it's genetics. Some of it's just what we've been told, what our families told us, what someone told my mom who told her mom, you know, it's just being passed down and we just all have this belief system that's driving us. And of course we end up exactly like our family members because that's what they've been telling us. Now, I'm not saying that's the case for every single situation, but I think that there are some things that we could correct and check in with ourselves if we're saying, hey, is that actually my voice or is that someone else's voice outside of me? And on the flip, how you said talking to your cells or talking to your body, I just the other day saw a TikTok about this girl saying how she communicates with her cells. And I didn't realize I'd been doing that. I maybe wasn't saying talking to my cells, but I would talk to like my organs. Like I would talk specifically to my stomach, specifically to certain parts of my body and be like, like how you said, forgive. Like I would talk to my stomach and I'd be like, I'm so sorry for just being so harsh on you and trying to manipulate you and doing all these things. And it really turned it into this body, like blessing practice that I was mm -hmm. doing. And, and for people listening that are like, you guys sound like cuckoo birds getting out. <laughs> It's kind of the same concept as the water experiment, you know, where they talk into a cup of water and say loving things, hateful things. I've mentioned it a couple of times on this podcast. If you guys are new, go check it out. But our bodies are made up of water and they carry a cellular composition and structure that is affected by how we communicate to them. So it's like really empowering knowing that when we communicate to our body, our cells are listening water holds memory and sound vibration and frequency. It's not just a bunch of hoopla. There is science there, <laughs> you know? And so it's really crazy that you can just start one, at least having like a communication with your body and going through this process. And I just wish I had, I had known that sooner that mm -hmm. our body is here working with us. Like I almost have started to think of my body and my mind and spirit and everything is like separate. Like how can we all work together as a team? and communicating to my body. And so whenever I see your videos come up, your little quick hypnotherapy mini sessions <laughs> on TikTok, I'm always like, oh my gosh, yes, we're going to tune in. <laughs> because you're so like, you're so aligned with how to manifest a dream body from a very loving place. This isn't like a quick mm -hmm. fix, but this is truly like, how can I tune in to the frequency of my body and 
just actually give her what she needs, whether that's love, whether that's talking to her, whether that's whatever it is. And then we turn to food, you know, like there is some need that's happening inside of us first. And most of the time we just ignore the need. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just, I'm so passionate about this because I really do feel like a huge part of, you know, a lot of our journeys here in these physical bodies is to recognize the wisdom of our bodies and recognize the power that we hold within us when our soul, mind, and body are working in harmony with one another and how how much we're capable of when we get to that place. And it's not, you know, I think this is the whole process of manifestation in general, not just manifesting your body. It's coming to a place of deep acceptance of where you are and acceptance of the journey and using that acceptance to really reconnect to yourself and reconnect to your purpose here. And then from that place of, okay, I feel content with where I am. I feel good with where I am. And I know that I can expand upon this, but I don't need to do that in order to feel good about myself anymore. I, it's just a desire that I have in this lifetime to manipulate my body and to look a certain way, but I don't need that to feel whole or complete. Yes. And that's, I'm so happy you said that because that's something that I really feel like I struggled with was that I I understood that in order for anything to change for me to heal, I had to accept where I was. So there was this acceptance piece, but I struggled with the energy of staying in acceptance, but also, like you said, holding this vision for, I want to look like the healthiest, happiest, strongest version of self. So I didn't want to put pressure on my body to change or to look a certain way, even if it was like a healthy version, not like, can you look smaller type of mentality? But what is your advice for, you know, someone who wants to move into acceptance, but also wants to hold the vision for, you know, the healthiest, most loving version of self? Yeah. Don't talk yourself out of your desires, but really start to understand where the desire is coming from. Because I think with every desire, there's often like an ego desire that's attached to it and then a a true soul desire. And you should never talk yourself out of either. I mean, they're both part of this experience, but you really should never talk yourself out of your soul desires because ultimately that's something that you're here to experience. But I think that there's multiple phases to this process. And one is just becoming aware of where you are and just, again, observing that as the consciousness observing all of your thoughts and just seeing, okay, I'm having these thoughts about my body. I'm speaking negatively to my body every single day. I, every time I look in the mirror, all I can zoom in on are my imperfections and just wanting to change. And instead of identifying with those thoughts, just observing them. And that is like kind of how you get to that place of acceptance because you realize that none of these thoughts actually belong to you. You have been ingrained with so many beliefs about what the perfect body is, how you should look and how your worthiness is tied to that. I mean, we are beings that need love to survive when we come into this world. And so if we feel cut off from love, it literally feels like we're dying. And one of the ways that we've learned to receive love is to look beautiful. We get so much validation from that. So identify that that's a core need that you've developed to try to survive in the world and forgive yourself for the fact that you're attached to that because it makes sense that you're attached to that. It feels good to be loved. It feels good to be accepted. And it's like, don't shame yourself for 
having an attachment to looking a certain way, but just become aware of where that comes from. And I think that really brings you into that place of full acceptance of all of these desires that you have, even if they are coming from your ego, just accepting that. And then from there, that's when you can create the space to ask yourself, well, what do I want to believe? What does my soul really want? And to give your inner child, give yourself that love and that acceptance so that you don't need to seek it outside of you anymore. That was a huge, huge piece of my healing was giving myself that validation and love and acceptance. Oh, I love Do you have like a specific example if you feel comfortable sharing? I always love to give people like tangible examples of something that you were like, this is what I was looking for and this is how I gave it to myself. Absolutely. I mean, I've had so many different fluctuations with my body over the years, but I mean, something that happened recently was I looked down and I realized that for the first time in my life, I had always had like kind of skinny legs and I looked down and I saw cellulite on my legs and my initially I was like, oh my God, no, what happened? And I realized that was just a belief. I became aware of that. And I was like, okay, this, I recognized that it was an inner child part of me that just wanted to be perfect. And so I really sat down with myself and I just closed my eyes and I connected with her and I imagined myself at a young age. And I usually see myself around 10 to 12 years old because that's when all of the body image stuff happened. And I just sat with myself in a meditation and imagined myself with my 12 year old self, just talking to her about it, talking to her about her fear of the showing up and not being perfect and where that's coming from. And I have like these imaginary conversations with myself all the time where I'm just listening and I'm not trying to talk myself out of anything. And usually that will bring up some type of emotion in my body. Maybe it will bring up tears or just kind of wanting to scream. And I just let myself move through that emotional process and like in that moment, I'm really identifying as my higher self and just being there with unconditional love for that part of myself and giving her permission to cry or just be upset that that's showing up. And after I process that emotion, I'm usually able to then kind of bring it myself into this place of, well, do I really need to view cellulite as a bad thing? Could I just see it as something different? Like, I mean, I was conditioned with the belief that cellulite is bad. So now that I've processed that, is there another belief that I can practice or can I just distract myself and no longer think about this and move on to something? It's, it's really just working with whatever's showing up, letting yourself feel it. And then asking yourself if you can transition to a new belief that would serve you and would make you actually feel free instead of limited by what you're experiencing. Oh, totally. Because at some point, somewhere down our life in our little subconscious mind, someone told us it was, it was bad. And so then when something happens, we're like, oh my gosh, it's bad. Blah. And we freak out, you know, versus we're like, wait, why do I even actually think this is that bad? No yeah. one is really noticing it as much as I am noticing it or experiencing it now. And that's, I know, another question too. It's like, I have gotten to a place of where I don't worry about food or I don't think about food. You know, I even had an experience recently, which I'd be curious to have your insight on, uh, just your perspective, where I was telling my therapist that I had, I feel like I finally expressed some needs that I needed to express to, you know, my partner and to people, just like a lot of transition was happening in my life. And I told my therapist, I'm like, it's the craziest thing because once I expressed these needs and told people, it was like for like three days, I had no appetite, was not hungry, didn't think about food. And I felt like there was something 
you know, energetically tied to like, this was this need that I hadn't voiced or addressed. And I was, you know, looking for food or other things. Have you ever experienced anything <laughs> like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, food is comfort. It feels like love. It feels good. So it's like when you're not getting your needs met when you're not able to communicate and have that be received by someone we just kind of look for that comfort and other things and I've totally experienced that before and and I really do feel like at least for me one of the most healing experiences that I've had is finding like a mentor or a therapist or someone that I can talk to who can always receive what I'm holding because when we hold the energy of unexpressed emotions that's when our inner child is going to come and act out and like go back to those coping mechanisms that we found in our childhood when we didn't know how to express our emotions or when we didn't have the resources to be able to find someone to talk to it's a deep you know, coping mechanism that so many of us hold and revert back to. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was one of the biggest takeaways that I've learned too from the Akashic Records is how a lot of times weight is like this stored information or this energetic protection. In some way, we are trying to protect ourselves, especially when it comes in terms of like emotional eating. We are trying to physically put a little barrier between us and whatever situation is happening. And so our body's like, okay, we're going to, you know, protect you and put on some weight to physically create this barricade around you of protection. And that's kind of how a lot of ways I just feel like weight is energetic protection. So that's where I'll tune in with myself and be like, okay, in what ways right now am I not feeling safe? Because I know you mentioned that earlier too, about the safety piece is like, we really just want to get to this place of feeling like, okay, we just want to feel safe in order to like release, like you said, express these feelings to therapists, express whatever it is that we're holding on to and allow our bodies to just like, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Release. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's the vibe of your hypnotherapy and your videos that come up is this like safety in this moment to just like check in and kind of like put some things down because we're trying to carry it all. We're trying yes. to carry too much. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that's another part of my purpose here is to create safety for people and to just allow you to just take the pressure off. Like, that's why I'm huge on forgiving yourself, not making it more complicated than it has to be, letting it be easy. We create all of these rules and things that we have to do. And when someone comes across one of my videos or just me speaking in general, I want them to feel like, oh, I can just relax. I can just be where I'm at. I can feel what I'm feeling. I don't need to change and always be in this high vibration place all the time to manifest what I want. I really think that for me, I found the deepest healing when I just let myself be where, wherever I was and knew that that was the exact place that I needed to be in order to like be on my path and to get to where I want to be, but just allowing myself to not feel bad about where I was in any given moment. And that's what I want to create for other people is just permission to be where you are and trusting that you are on the path to getting to where you want to be. Okay, you guys, we had to uh, readjust really quick the camera. I was losing her beautiful face, so we're back. But there was a couple things that you said that I wanted to note, and I'm not sure which order, but I love that you said one of my purposes to create safety for people because I recently did an episode where I talked all about how I went and got my Akashic Records read, and it was also about creating safety for mm -hmm. people. So that's why we're also so aligned. But another thing that I just love that you've been continually saying too, is just like taking the pressure off of ourselves, taking the pressure off of that. It has to look this certain way, or I have to look a certain way. 
But I love that you really got down to the root of why do I feel the need to show up this certain way? Is this even a realistic expectation or is this just some way that I've created in my head to like mentally torment myself? You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like we are the people that put the most pressure on ourselves. And now that I've been doing this podcast for a while, it's obviously a lot of high achievers that I speak to, but everyone's always like, I am the one that creates the most pressure on me. So let's all, everyone listening, let's all just like take a deep breath in through the nose, hold at the top, big exhale, let it all go. We don't have to hold so much pressure. And I guess from a hypnotherapy standpoint, what is something that you like to tell someone to kind of just take it down a few notches on that, you know, we're putting so much on our physical appearance and so much pressure on ourselves. It's so interesting that you bring this up because I like so many of my clients in the past few weeks have been working with this concept of pressure. And I've been kind of explaining that, like, imagine you're a little kid and you have parents and a world that is telling you, you have to meet all of these expectations and do everything perfectly in order to receive love, in order to survive, in order to get good grades or get into a good school or get a good job. Like you have to meet all of these expectations, right? And when you realize that it's not safe for you to make mistakes, that it's not safe for you to be imperfect because you're not going to receive love or you're not going to create stability for yourself or whatever it is that you're seeking, that pressure just builds and builds and builds on you until you feel completely frozen. And what happens when we feel frozen is we just revert back to these coping mechanisms and we have no space to try new things and potentially experience failure. And I think this really ties into body manifestation because when you're letting go of that control and you're letting go of the way that you were previously doing things, that was in your frozen state of just trying to survive. You're branching out and you're trying to take new action and take that pressure off and experience freedom, but it doesn't feel safe. And so when you're slowly taking the pressure off, just start small. Maybe it's you let go of one restriction that you'd been holding on to and you just experiment. Am I safe to do this? Am I safe to go to the gym three times a week instead of five times a week? Just moving slowly with that. And as if you're like guiding your inner child to the space of we can be safe doing this, we can be safe in this new way of being, but they're slowly learning to trust you again. Oh, I know. I love thinking of the body as this inner child version mm-hmm. of ourself because there's so much that's like our little sweetest, most formative self that just learned everything and has just been carrying out all of these orders our whole life. And she's like, I'm just doing what I've been told and what I've learned. And you're yelling at me you know, when we get into this like arm wrestle with ourself and our body. I feel it doesn't really matter what you actually do or eat. Like you could be eating a perfect diet. You could be going to the gym seven days a week, but if you don't have this understanding, you might not ever see these results because you're just constantly trapped in this place of resistance. So whether, Mm -hmm. no matter what the diet is, if you don't address some of this, you're going to be kind of like you said, in that frozen state. Yeah, it's never enough, right? It's like maybe you had a parent that it was never good enough for them. It was never enough to receive the love that you were seeking or whatever it is. I know for me, 
I, I didn't explain the transition of the multiple eating disorders that I went through, but I did go through a phase of intense control and restriction. And that was where I was for m- more like 10 years of it. And that's, I mean, I never got the results that I wanted in that space. And even in the moments where I did get there, I couldn't even see it because I had this perception of how I looked, who I was, and I always identified as someone who wasn't enough. And so even when I got to my goal weight or wherever I wanted to be in my fitness journey, it was so short-lived because I was so afraid of losing it, I couldn't even enjoy it. Isn't that wild? It's wild (laughs) when you look back too and you're like, I looked fantastic here, but I hated it. Yeah, I hated myself. I couldn't see it. When I looked in the mirror, I saw something completely different. The mind is, a, it's slippery. It's sneaky like that, <laughs> you know? But, but we spend so much of our life wishing or wanting to be something else or, you know, whatever it is. But the moment that you get smacked in the face with like, wow, I have got to accept myself now in this moment. And you just start op- operating from that place of acceptance of like, I'm here. My body is working so hard to protect me, to keep me safe, to love me. We are on the same team. That was the thing. I had to have this realization. I was like at war. The body was the enemy. Yeah. Then I had to flip the narrative and be like, okay, actually, I'm so sorry. We're on the same team. Let's work together. Mm-hmm. And so making it, I always, I say it on every podcast, but I always talk to my body. I'm like, what does she need? How do you feel? Like, where are we at? You know, it's very communicative, but same story as you. I mean, for 10 years, I was also taking like Adderall and Vyvanse and other things, but mm-hmm. appetite suppressants. And that was like, I was abusing it for that purpose. I didn't want to feel hungry. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to experience those things. It was easier to just cut it off until I got too sick to continue. But essentially, how do you think you could give someone advice for like you said, with these hypnotherapy and talking ourselves, like you said, you made a recording and talking Mm -hmm. to yourself. Is there something that if someone's totally new to this, that you could guide them to just try how I talk to my body or what your process looks like for you? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing I would say is that if you're skeptical of this work, but you want to believe it, you can find evidence for anything that you want to believe. And I really needed to dive into that in order to start believing, oh, I can talk to myself. I can, you know, I, not only have I changed my physical appearance, but I was dealing with really intense digestive issues and my hormones were completely imbalanced and all of these things. So I included that all in my recording because I learned to believe that my cells were listening to me through research. I mean, a lot of people know Joe Dispenza. He is someone that I dove into his work. I was like, oh my God, people are experiencing all of these miraculous results. And if they can do it, then I can do it. And so instead of seeking out evidence of this not being true, you can find naysayers to this work, of course, but you can also find so much evidence that hypnotherapy, working with the subconscious mind, that this is all incredibly effective. And I guarantee you in the next 10, 20 years, you're going to see even more and more evidence of it because so many of us are catching on. So seek out evidence that proves this to be true to help calm down your analytical mind and remind you this could work. And then from there, start getting into the how. How does hypnotherapy work? How does subconscious reprogramming work? When I first was diving into this work, I just looked up on YouTube different uh, sleep hypnosis recordings and I found voices that resonated with me and just practiced that way. But I will say that 
it really does matter if your energy clicks with somebody else's. And that's something like in my uh, hypnotherapy discovery calls that I have, I really want to make sure that people feel safe with me, that they resonate with the way that I speak and the language that I use, because your, your subconscious mind, when it feels safe, that's when it receives the suggestions even more, at, even at a deeper level. So listen to recordings on YouTube, find someone that you resonate with and start there. And then you could even seek out a hypnotherapist of your own or make yourself a recording, which is what I did. Really? I know. I, I didn't realize that it was a hypnotherapy at first because I was just making voice memos on my phone, <laughs> telling myself like my goals or, you know, things. And then now it's turned into definitely more of, I will record meditations for myself. So it's the same vein, but I think hypnotherapy, I'm like, it is so transformational. It's such <laughs> powerful work. And another thing that you mentioned was you were struggling with digestion. Can we talk about that? Because oh, yeah. I did all the food tests, did all the things. I, they told me, you know, probably I shouldn't be eating gluten. But like, other than that, nothing was really wrong with me, but I was having just absolutely debilitating digestion. And I think it goes back to what we're talking about. So I'd love to hear your experience there too. Yeah. I mean, I worked with a naturopathic doctor for a while who, who definitely helped me. You know, I really credit a lot of my understanding of food to her, but I also think sometimes we can get a little bit too in our heads when we see this list of all the foods our bodies are sensitive to and we try to avoid that. It still was a little bit too mind dominated for me. And um, that's why I chose to really use hypnotherapy on myself to help me align with the version of me who is already fully healthy. And what I realized is that yes, food does play a factor, but it's more likely emotional and it's more likely nervous system regulation when it comes to digestive issues. I was doing a lot of things on a daily basis that made me feel completely dysregulated in my body. And so in order to digest your food, you need to be in a pretty relaxed state and you need to, you know, be in your parasympathetic state. And so if you're constantly overworking, not paying attention to what you're eating, not breathing while you're eating, um, not eating enough of the foods that are good for you, your body just starts to feel panic. And I just realized that I needed to align my actions with that of my higher self. My higher self is nourishing her body. She's not going on her phone first thing in the morning. She's present with her food. She moves her body slowly. I, I had to completely stop going to the gym in order to heal my nervous system and heal that part of myself because my body was craving slower, more intuitive movement. And so part of my healing journey was yes, the affirmations, the hypnosis recordings that helped me to identify as that person that then led me to take these aligned action steps that really helped me to feel safe in my body again and feel like I'm in communication with my body. And that's when everything started to heal for me. Oh, yes. And the, the digestion piece, I went on so many, like you said, looking at the list and restricting and it, it got really stressful. And then I realized that I was just like eating too fast. I wasn't mm -hmm. chewing, you know, meals. I would get really stressed out because I was, I didn't realize that food, I'm like, oh, am I going to eat too much? Am I going to eat too little? You know, there was like a lot of stress there. Mm -hmm. And that was when I started learning more about nervous system regulation, which was a later in my journey development. I actually just recorded a podcast recently about ways to support the nervous system, but I'm always... I'm always open to what that looks like for you. If there's just like a quick 
you know, kind of tip people can do to just tap in and like be aware of their nervous system one, but two, offer some support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many tools out there and you really have to find what resonates with you. For me, anything that feels like a chore, I'm probably not going to do, to be honest. I, one of my core values is freedom. I want to feel freedom in every moment. I want to feel joy in what I'm doing. And so I had to find ways of regulating my nervous system that didn't feel like a chore for me. And so like, for example, what I started to do before every meal was just take three deep breaths, just three. I was like, I can do that. I can sit down and take three deep breaths before every meal. And that feels totally fine. And just those three deep breaths after a while started to bring me into a deeper place of presence with my food. And it started to again, bring me into a place of pleasure with my food. Mm. I realized that part of my stress around eating stemmed from, oh my God, I should stop eating this. I'm going to be out of control. I'm going to eat and I'm going to feel so full and sick afterwards. And I'm going to regret this. I had all of these thoughts playing in the background while I was eating that made my nervous system feel dysregulated. So as I started taking these deep breaths, I became aware of this dialogue that I had and I started to like soothe myself through it and allow myself to experience that pleasure again. And that was absolutely life-changing for me and healing my digestion and my relationship with my body. One, yes, everything you're saying, I keep saying 100%, but I'm like, yep. Mm -hmm." It's because the digestion thing for me was the thoughts running in my head of, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Oh, is this too much? Oh, whatever. I was stressing myself out when it wasn't, it shouldn't have even been stressful. It was, it was perfectly fine. Everything is fine. (laughs) But there is this voice inside of our head, as we all know, that is constantly running and communicating and sending us things. And, and, and some of those thoughts, we just have to update, you know, we have to bring a little bit of, Hey, it's okay. We're all safe here. We're going to eat this meal. We're gonna take a few deep breaths and we're going to enjoy it and be present. And then we're going to actually realize that our body digests easier and responds better How would you say you have approached your meals now from a lens of pleasure? Mm -hmm. What does that practice look like for you? Is it like cooking? Is it placing? Is it like, what is your pleasure practice? Oh my God. I love food. And I think this was part of the, my perceived problem growing up was that for some people, food was just like, a thing that they did a couple times a day. They didn't really think about it. I think about food all day still because I love food. I like, it's just such a joy for me. I love the process of cooking. Mm. I love the process of making a beautiful plate. I love the process of being creative. And so actually tapping into that love for it and not being ashamed of it was something that really fulfilled me and nourished me. Like I feel nourished as I'm cooking. I feel nourished as I'm grocery shopping and I know that's not the same for everyone and that's okay if that's not your source of pleasure, but I just realized this is part of mine. Like I really love it. It's an art for me. And as I tapped into that, I, this was another thing that helped me to overcome restriction. I got really creative with, okay, I can, if I can eat anything that I want, what would that be? And let's say that's pizza. I figure out a way to make the pizza that feels really like high vibe, that feels really, really fun and playful, but it's also using ingredients that I know really resonate with my body. And so I just pay attention. How do I feel after I eat that? Do I want to feel like heavy and tired and, you know, not like myself after I eat something? No. And so I just kind of over time have figured out the foods that I resonate with and how to make them into something that I really look forward to. 
such a beautiful practice. I have been doing the same thing with implementing more creativity into my meals Mm -hmm. and making it more of an art form because I used to really love to cook. And then I feel like I got really busy and I put just all of that on the back burner. And I was like, hold up. This is like my life force energy. This (laughs) needs to be a priority. Why did I put this on the back? But I'm I never loved getting into the like super difficult recipes or whatever. I'm like, no, I can make this my own creative process and make it beautiful and make my meals pretty and presentable and fruits and colors and all of the things. Cause that's what I love in my life and implementing that into the process of eating and creating food and how I approach the meal was such a game changer of just being creative and being playful. And I feel like a lot of people forget that you can play and have fun and food. Of course it is a social thing, but it's Mm -hmm. meant to be enjoyed from start to finish that like prepping process and like preparing it, placing it, looking at it, like your eyes, our mouth is like the chewing is like the start of our digestion. You know, same with our eyes, like seeing it, preparing. There's so much more that goes into digesting and enjoying a meal and utilizing it for fuel versus just like, you know, sometimes we like sit down, we're on our phone and we just like inhale something and <laughs> black out. We're like, <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I, I, I still go through moments where I do that. And like, it's all part of that balance. Right. I mean, I, had that habit for so many years of eating so distracted and there's a part of my inner child that loves that that loves to like kind of turn on a good show and have a meal in front of me but it's not something that i do all the time because i found pleasure in the other way of doing it too of being present with my food like with all of this i think the thing that i've had to get away from is perfectionism i don't need to be perfect and what i do i just need to be intentional and understand why i'm doing it exactly it's really just sitting with yourself and asking yourself why I've gotten into a place of, I, I sometimes when I can't even think of the questions, I'll make Austin. I'm like, could you ask me some questions right now? <laughs> I just like need to get to the, like what's going on right now. I just need to ask some questions. Well, like journaling is so good. There's so many practices, but okay. I am going to wrap up because I don't want to take too much more of your time, but if there's anything else that you want to leave us with a tidbit and advice, something that's been lighting you up lately, feel free to share it along with like where everyone can find you and everything about you. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like we had such a good conversation here today. I think the only thing that I want to say is that sometimes when you're at point A of this journey of really disliking the way that you look and wanting that to change, a lot of what we talked about might feel unattainable to you. And I want you to know that I'm sure you've been there. I've been there of not even imagining a world where I could have complete freedom around food and exercise and my body. And I just want you to know that it's possible and that if you just continue to devote yourself to wanting to feel your best and hold on to that vision, you will get there. It might not look like you're getting there. It might not look like you're making progress some days, but as long as you hold on to that vision and just want the best for yourself and want that freedom for yourself, you will get there and just trust that. Thank you so much. And I need to hear that sometimes. You know, everyone (laughs) needs to hear that. There's, there's always this reality that we dream of. That's our, that's our, on our heart. It's there for a reason. And it's so accessible and available to all of us. We just have to tune in and ask ourselves those questions and show up for ourselves. Just continue every single day showing up. That's all we can do. 
Michaela, please tell everyone where they can find you and everything about you. And also please follow her on TikTok. So that's how I found her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love TikTok. So follow me on TikTok. It's at Michaela Mariner. And then it's the same on Instagram. Um, and I am creating lots of resources, hypnosis recordings and programs dedicated to body healing. So uh, stay tuned for when that becomes available too. I can't wait. Thank you so much for being here. That was such a good conversation. Everyone's just, everyone needed to hear it. And you're such a gift. And I'm so happy I know you. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. Yay. As always, I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, AG University course curriculum in the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.